Shady Talking Sports. Rangers, three straight shutouts. Take, take that into consideration. They haven't done that since 1973. Last night they beat the Winnipeg Jets. You had Shesterkin, who had his sixth shutout of the season. The Rangers got their 50th win of the season. That They haven't done that since the 2014-15 season. Only the fifth time they, as I said, 50 wins in a season. Also, first time since 73 that they got since three shutouts in a row. They're on a streak right now. Shesterkin's having a hell of a season. His 36th win, he's sec- tied for second, and the only guy he's behind is the Nashville... Right, it's Nashville. I want to make sure you get it. Nashville netminder, uh, UC Soros, who has 37 wins for the Predators. And Panarin had his 69th and 70th, 70th assist last night. That is his 19th multi-assist game this season, which breaks a record that was held by at 18 by Brian Leach in 91-92, Messier in 92-93, and Jean Rattel in 71-72. 106 points. You know, you bring Gallant in and... Everything gets together. Fox had his 11th goal. You had Ryan Stroman as the 18th and 19th, a power play and an empty netter. And Chesterkin just keeps making, I mean, three games in a row. I mean, shutouts. They're 10-2-1 their last 12 games, their last 13 games. I'd say 3 nothing over the Jets last night. Yeah. The second straight shutout for Chesterkin. They beat the... The wings. Now, I know they're not playing great teams, but you have to beat the great teams, and you shut them out, that helps things out better. Now, why couldn't they play that way when they played like crap when we went to the Islander game? Michigan might have a tickets for a playoff game, which I'm hoping I'll get to go to, because I've been to playoff hockey, and playoff hockey is, Stanley Cup playoffs are just awesome. Angus said he would get into the show, hopefully next week, talk Stanley Cup playoffs. I talked uh, Ari also. You know, I said I wanted him on the show. I saw Oscar Schwebe, who from Kentucky, who was the Wooden Award winner, averaging over 17 points, 11 rebounds. They said he needs to work on a three. He doesn't have a three-point shot. He's the first wooden, unanimous Wooden Award winner to come back to college since Hansborough in 2008. It bodes well. It also bodes well for him to work on his game. It also bodes well that they said he could win, that he can make this season upwards of $2 million this season. NIL works. It is strong. And it is a lot of money for these guys. Now, they say some guys are doing, you know, working hard for it. But I think if you also go to a school, like a big school like Kentucky, you're going there because you're one of the best players. But you know that the boosters are going to pay you and you're going to get paid a considerable amount of money. And if he's coming back for another season, he was going to make some money this season and work on his game. Now, I haven't heard anything about Dickinson yet. If he, I, I think he needs to come back. I think he still has things to work on his game. I don't think they had a great season. And I have looked at some mock drafts, and I don't see him anywhere in the first round. But time will tell on that front. If, you know, if he comes or goes. But I think Schwebe staying in college was a fantastic move. And, you know, they're talking about all the giant stuff today that uh, Dable, Brian Dable likes to FaceTime his players and people like the camaraderie with their teammates. Debo Samuel's brother is getting involved, saying, you know, he's never going to be a Niner anymore. He wants to get paid. Could he be traded on draft day? I mean, that's another thing they're talking about. I mean, anything is possible. He's requested a trade from the 49ers per Jeff Darlington, 
We'll see if that comes through. This is a guy who had a season. He had 1,770, 700, 1,770 scrimmage yards, third in the league. Scrimmage touchdowns, 14th, tied for 7th. Missed broken tackles. He was 8th. Burn yards per route, 4th. And yards after Yak was 2nd with 778. And Okay. Burn yards per route, where he, I guess it's separation. That's what I remember reading. Because I've talked about the burn yards, NFL... NFL. So burn yards is the is defined as the percentage of targets allowed in which the defensive backs assigned receiver gain more than five yards. Yeah, so that that that's where they get separation and stuff. And he is eighth burn yards per route. Guy gets the job done, and he got paid bubkiss. He's already outplayed that rookie contract. We'll see what happens going forward. And you know what? I love this. So pot dispensaries are opening. What's today? Today is the 20th, tomorrow in Jersey. So they said, start low and go slow. I said that to my client David today. He didn't laugh as much as I thought I would, as I thought he would. But I thought it was funny. Yeah. Start low and go slow. Now, you think the A's are going to go to Vegas? I sent this to Hal last night. Also, Texas is hosting Bama September 9th. And I would love to be out for that game. That I would like to be out there for. That is something I would like to see if I can make happen. We shall see. But A's last night, they're six and five going the game. They're posting the Orioles. They were down one nothing when I checked this out. Attendance in at uh, Oakland Alameda, but it's called something else now. Capacity is thirty five thousand sixty seven. They had three thousand seven hundred forty eight fans last night. They're six and five. Did they win last night? I need to check right now, but. 3,700 fans at a game? Yeah. They're going to be, very soon, they're going to be the... Oh, they won last night. They did. They won last night. So they were down one nothing when I had it on, and they came back and they beat the Orioles. But 3,748... 3,748 fans. They won 2-1 last night. They were down one nothing in the six, And they came back. Smallest home crowd in nearly 42 years. Doesn't bode well for the future, folks. Not at all. Yeah. And they won on a double. And they're 7-5. Baltimore fell to 3-8. 3,748. How could you have a fan? You know, it's like a USFL crowd. That would have been huge for the USFL crowds in some of the games I saw this weekend. I know they had 3 million, you know, people watching the games, but they weren't at the games. But that's nothing. And and thank you, Kettle, Kettle Whistle Radio. Thank you for nothing. Now, there's a statue of Marilyn Lemieux in front of Consol Energy Center, Le Magnifique. Now, it's a larger-than-life bronze statue. It shows Lemieux bursting through two defensemen on his way to a goal. Now, it was created by nationally acclaimed bronze sculptor Bruce Wolf of Berkeley, California. James Frederick of James Gallery in Pittsburgh's West End Village was the art consultant on the project. And it was taking, adapted from photos and video of a December 20th, 1988 game against the Islanders, the Civic Center, when Lemieux broke through defenseman Rich Pilon and Jeff Norton en route to scoring at 14 on out of third period. Bob Airy and Dan Quinn assisted on the goal in a 5-3 Penguins win. Photographer Paul uh, Burswell 
took a photo of the play that appeared in Sports Illustrated, and that photo is now part of the Hockey Hall of Fame's collection. They chose that, that image because it was a metaphor. Everything Lemieux accomplished in his career in his life, breaking through defenders, overcoming obstacles, turning back challenges. But on two Islanders, it, weigh, it weighs 4,700 pounds. It is 10 and a quarter feet high and 13 feet long and 10 feet wide. And it was funded privately by the Penguins Ownership Group, local labor organizations, and members of the Pittsburgh business community. But two Islanders. So I said that, so, so Kettle Whistle Radio tells me all this, and I said, well, who are the Islanders? I don't know. Look it up. And that's the thing. This guy puts up a tribute to Mike Bossy yesterday, all this stuff. I go, this is stuff as an Islander fan that I would know. If you're going to sprout this stuff, tell me. Now I'm only busting and everything, but I, I thought that was interesting. I didn't know it was two Islanders the picture was depicted from, uh, game in 1988, and now you know. And I told Bumbles, and Bumbles goes, well, these are kind of like... Um, Smaller. These aren't big, 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 um, big names that we're talking about. Now, I saw that the Giants, that uh, Kadarius Tony is not at the optional, what, what are they having, uh, mini camp right now. And I don't know, this is a guy who came off a rocky season, injured and everything. You would think he would show up for it. And he's a no-show, and he hasn't been at any off-season things this season. For the for the upcoming season, and I look at all this stuff, and I can't believe that's a that's that bodes well. Giant fans, be concerned, be very concerned. Here's a guy with a lot of talent; he needs to get his shit together. I know they don't have to come to all this stuff, but you know, after coming off a rough season, be around the team. You got a new coach, new playbook, all that stuff. I think I want to be there and make a good impression. Now, I also talked yesterday about the tweet from Eugene Friedman. He said, "Anyone familiar with the 1989 draft?" Can you tell me why John Olerun went in the third round? He never played in the minors, so he was obviously ready for the big time. He also got the biggest, highest bonus, almost 70% more than Ben McDonald at one. So I had said, well, you know, I had thought it was a thing about also that he, I was, I was taught, well, he went pro and, well, he knew that the only way he, yeah, I talked about him that, well, I talked about a lot of things. But I remember that McDonald was the number one, but here was a guy that went right pro, and obviously he had to get more money because he knew he was pro-ready or something like that. And I think now I'm just babbling. But let's go to the source, because that's what I, I, I did remember, and I, I, I didn't really get the answer I wanted. So I went back and looked at it, because I really thought I was talking out of my tush. And I said, you know what? Let's, let's, go to, let's go to the source. So he did a lot of amazing things in 88 at Washington State. He was the first baseman, part-time DH. He had 464, 23 home runs. As the number one starter of the Krugers rotation, he went 15-0 with a 249 ERA, so he could play. But a year later, on April 15th, when he made his season de- debut three months after collapsing during a preseason workout and two months after undergoing high-risk surgery to repair a near-fatal aneurysm at the base of his brain. Now, he's projected as the second best prospect in the college crop for the 89 draft before being fell by his injury and undoubtedly would still have been one of the handful of top players selected in June had he not taken out of himself out of the draft with an announcement he made on May 14th that he intended to return to Washington State for senior year. He said it was best for me to stay another year, who hit 359 with five home runs and 30 RBIs and 78 at-bats in his abbreviated junior season while going 338 and a 668 ERA in his dual role on the mound. He said, if I had an aneurysm and I would have had a good year, I would have turned pro most definitely. So every team heeded his request of not drafting the first round, but the Blue Jays said, hey, we're going to take it. We would like to get him. We, we, we would like him to like like him 
to get to 100% said Blue Jays general manager Pat Gillick and he spent the summer playing for the local Palouse Empire Cougars of the far-flung Alaska League and started his customary two-way role. He met, so that summer, Gillick met with Olaroon family seven times over the course of summer, but he wanted to monitor, uh, you know, Olaroon's progress. They were satisfied with health and duly impressed by his summer league performance. The proposal, about 400000 would have made, been in the highest bonus in baseball history if accepted. He declined. They persisted, and at one point asked what it would take. He responded that his stance had not changed, that he really wanted to go, return for his senior season. So on August 19th, McDonald, the, th- the first overall pick in the draft, signed with Baltimore for an unprecedented $824,300, including a three-year guaranteed major league contract, plus incentives. And a week later, almost six months to the day after the aneurysm was removed, Olin got a similar pack with Toronto, Though the amount earmarked as a signing bonus in his deal, five hundred seventy-five thousand, made it the richest bonus contract in draft history. Now the older one said the money didn't make the deal. Well, it it doesn't hurt. Though the lifetime security certainly didn't hurt. They placed more importance on signing with an organization they knew and trusted, and the opportunity for John to play immediately in the big leagues. He became the just this. He became just the sixteenth player in draft history to skip the minor leagues and advance directly to the majors. His first big league at big league at back came against Minnesota September third. He uh, swung at a 2-0 fastball and got a single. In 93, he became an instrumental part of the World Series champion, champion Blue Jay lineup, hitting an ML, AL, AL best 363 while leading the league with 54 doubles, 33 intentional walks, and a 473 on base percentage. And he ended up playing 17 years in the majors. So, nobody, he told, don't drop in the first round, I want to come back. The aneurysm, if he had had an aneurysm, he would have played, but he didn't. And they were persistent, and they just kept coming. What's going to take? And they gave him the highest signing bonus, went right to the majors, 17-year career, played for the Mets, played for a bunch of teams, always played with that batting helmet on. And uh, it worked out well for him, hey, you know. But So thank you, Baseball America. And I thought something because they knew he was going to go pro. But in reality, I didn't know the whole story. I forgot about the aneurysm. And here's a guy who wants to come back, and the Blue Jays like, you know what? We'll keep tabs on him. He's too good a prospect to pass on. Let's follow this through. And I thought that was an interesting story, so I wanted to share with everybody. Now, this I love. They said the minor league has enforced pitch counts, pitch clocks for 132 games, with games shortened by an average of 20 minutes across all levels compared to 335 games without timers this season. They have a 14-second timer with no one on base, 18-second clock with runners on, Nine-inning minor league games have lasted an average of two hours, 39 minutes. So it was 2.59 without pitch clocks in 2021. And an average run time of three hours and three minutes in 2021. Nine-inning MLB games lasted three hours and 11 minutes during the 2021 seasons. They said hitters are assessed a strike if they aren't ready to hit within nine seconds remaining. And pitchers are penalized with a ball if they haven't delivered a pitch before time expires. Now, teams are still scoring 5.11 runs per game, the same amount they scored in 2021 without pitch clocks. Now, MLB opted not to enact enact these rules, the new rules for the 2022 season, but the Players Association agreed to allow the league to unilaterally change rules within 45 days' notice. Previously, MLB needed to alert the players a year in advance before making any changes. I love it. I think it's a great idea, you know, with strikes based on balls and all that stuff. I think it's a great thing. I think, hey, 
We have something on, uh, what is it? F- uh, flat Liner, Liner's Radio. Hey, congrats, JD Talking Sports. Drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, TikTok. Subscribe on iTunes, rate me on iTunes. If you have a question you want to ask me, ask away. Uh, you know what? I, today's show, I was like, I found some cool stuff to talk about. I saw a tweet that bothered me. Now I got the right answers. That's the way I work constantly have questions maybe it's my acting background you're always asking new questions 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 there's an article in Sport Illustrated I want to read about all the players that have worked with with Colin Kaepernick to get him back in the NFL now someone brought up an interesting point saying why not go play in the USFL he could have shown something there and I don't know I, you know what I mean it's a short season he could have played that and come back I, I think if I always find this, you know, if I want to play, I'm going to find a place to play. And I know you want to get back to the NFL, but, you know, also there's a risk of injury. But you also want to show something, especially if you've been out of the league for a long time. USFL might have been a good track for him to do that. And what U.S. men's national team will host Morocco June 1st at what stadium is this? TQL Stadium, the home of Cincinnati's MLS team. They got so many goddamn stadiums these days. Holy Moses! And Ben Simmons can now clear for contact. Will he play? Will he play tonight? I still haven't heard anything, but he could play tonight. You need big games. Kyrie Irving got fined fifty thousand, and Katie said it, it, it said take on it was having a hard time. It was it was fans having a hard time letting go when a favorite player moves on. It's rooted in love, sure thing. And, you know, I was talking to Kyle about that. He, he just keeps coming to his defense. Listen, great player. Great player, Kyrie. Great player. Kooky, but great player. But we shall see. They really need that third guy to step up. And I still don't think Ben Simmons is that third guy. I think he's more a defensive guy than a offensive asset for the team. Now, you can play good D. And, you know, they can give him the ball, whatever. But guys have played in a full season. And now you're asking him to come in and contribute and at a time when every game matters. I don't see it happening. I really don't. I mean, I'd like to, but I don't see it happening. And last night, you had Devin Booker, 31 in the first half, gets injured with a right hammy injury, right hammy injury in the second half. They lose to the Pelicans, 125-114. Landry Shamit is going to have to step up if he's out a couple games, which it sounds like he has five points in 12 minutes. Also, Chris Paul is going to have to score more. They went 5-2 and two this season without, back in December when he hurt his left hammy, Booker. The only loss is to Golden State and the Clippers. He also missed four games for COVID. They went 3-1. and only loss was the Bucks. But Brandon Ingram, 37 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists. In his first two playoff games, 55 points, 16 rebounds, 13 assists. Only one player in NBA history had more in his first two playoff games. The Big O, Oscar Robinson. I mean, Ingram is bringing it. And you know what? They have nothing, they're playing with house money. Now, I also feel like this is a wake-up call for the Suns. You're in the playoffs, and now, you know, you have a tough game, and, you know, things, you, you know, you have a wake-up call. And you, you, you can't take a game off. And, you know, this is a team you should put away because it gives you more rest time going forward. And now they could be in a dogfight. But I don't think so. I Unless Booker's out for a while. But imagine if Zion Williams, that's what I'm thinking about. Zion Williamson has not played a minute this season. Imagine if Zion Williamson had got himself back into shape 
and played some games. I know he's not happy with the organization, but he has to be watching the playoffs and thinking, wow, what if I was a third option with him and C.J. McCollum this season? What if? A lot of what if CJ had 23 points, eight rebounds, nine assists. Paul had 17 points, 14 assists. But we got a series. It's one-one. Anything's possible, right? I mean, they're the one seed, and they played great this whole season. They won. What they win? 64 games this season. The Heat are up two nothing on the Hawks. 115-105. Jimmy Butler 45. During his three seasons in Miami, he shot 24% on threes during the regular season, 36% of the playoffs. Same thing with Jordan. They said he was a better playoff. And that's when that's when it really counts. And But Trey Young, 10, 10 of 20, 2 of 10 from three, 25 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 10 turnovers. He made a plea to the officials for more foul calls. But, you know, they're down 2-0 and... Butler sets a career-high, playoff-high. I think his regular season high, is his career-high is 53, but that's a new playoff-high. And uh, Bogdanovich at 29. Hero had 15 off the bench. And Duncan Robinson, 8 threes, 27 points in Game 1. Game 2, 7 minutes, no shots, no points. Duncan, got to step it up. You can't just show up every other game. And, you know, I don't know what happened. He only played 7 minutes, but whatever worked in Game 1 didn't come close to work in Game 2. And that's the thing. Someone always has to come in and step up. Always. I mean, Steven Adams played three minutes, and the results were so much better, and they don't care. I mean, you have you had uh, John Moran, who was one rebound away from a triple-double. He had 23, nine rebounds, 10 assists. And he said, I don't care if it's zero across the boards. I just want the win. Steve Adams just wants the win. There's guys who are going to step up. Steve Adams isn't a guy who moves very well. And, you know, you guys got, got guys in the perimeter shooting threes and everything. He's not that guy. He doesn't have that speed in that respect. So he's going to be, he's a liability right now. And they blew out the Wolves 124-96 in game two. Cat had 15 points, 11 rebounds, but five personal fouls. Anthony Edwards, 20 points, 7-16, from three. And DeAndre Russell, 11 points, four assists. He was three for 11. Seven shots for for Carl Anthony Towns, they said it's inexcusable. They play Thursday night at 6.30. And that's the thing, you know. I mean, the Grizzly got a wake-up call game one. and the game two, they had to split the games. And now, you know, that's the Suns. We'll see how the Suns react. The Grizzlies came in, lost game one at home, got out-rebound, out-hustled, that everything. They said, okay, game two, we're getting it done. And they did. And John Morant, playoff games with 20-plus points, 10-plus assists in Grizzlies history. John Morant has done it three times. No one else. No one else. Mike Mike Conley never did it. Yeah, and Steve Adams says, Coach, we won the game. Anything to win a game, he doesn't care. That that's, They are a team. That is a team. That It's all about W's with them. John Morant, hey, listen, I think it's great. They got that. They got slapped in the face game when they came back. Suns, we'll see what happens with them. you got them. Luka could pay, play games three and four in Utah. This is the thing Utah has to work on. Gobert, great. He's rebounding blocks, but he can't get out of the perimeter. And they had 17 uncontested threes, Mavs, in game in their game two win, the most by any team in the last 10 postseasons. That includes seven of Maxi Kleber's eight three-pointers. And you have Jalen Brunson, who had 41 a career high in game two in the win. He rejected a four-year, $56 million contract, bet on himself his final year of his rookie contract. He's earning $1.8 million in the final year of a four-year, $6.1 million contract after he won two natties at Villanova. He's seeking a four-year, $80 million contract, 
averaged career highs in points, 16 rebounds, 4, and assists, 5 in the regular season. He's averaging 32.5, 8 rebounds, 5 assists in two, in two postseason games. They said that the Knicks are reportedly interested, and Mark Cuban says, told DallasBasketball.com, we will do all we can to keep Brunson. And he's the first player in Mavs history with 40-plus points and no turnovers in a postseason game. And we'll try to back it up Thursday, Game 3. Yeah. 61 starts this season. Heavy minutes, with or without Luka. They're not new. Brunson is going to show up. And he just... All these guys... Listen, you got him. You have Golden State, which is up 2 nothing on Denver. Golden State, two games in the series, are scoring 31% of their points off Denver turnovers and second-chance points. That's already 77 points off turnovers and second-chance points after of their 249 points scored. Denver is giving away a third of the Warriors' points. Thank you, T.J. McBride. You got them. And here's another guy. Jordan Poole, uh, he said he vowed to start a position, Draymond Green, if he didn't receive most improved player. Three years into his rookie contract, he's angling for a contract extension. 22-year-old is rumored to be seeking $80 million over four years, but someone said he could get up to $100 million. He's averaging 18, uh, 19 points this season. He's averaging 30 points, 65% shooting, and 59% from three. Yeah. All season. Yeah. It's unbelievable. 59 points to do playoff games. Charles only Will Chamberlain with 63 in Warriors history. Through two games, the trio of Poole, Curry, and Klay Thompson has a 154.5 offensive rating. So imagine all three. Crazy. This is a guy, Poole, is 11th highest paid warrior at $2.2 million. He's owed $3.9 million next season. So if they pass an extension this offseason, he'll become a restricted free agent in the summer of 2023. But if he already started off in a great postseason, he's been playing great since the end of the season. So you got him, Brunson and Poole are playing themselves into big contracts. And good for them. Go Blue and Brunson. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it kills me, you know, that he... Two ring, two two natties at Villanova, but what are you going to do? And think about some of the names that haven't played a minute this season: Simmons, Jonathan Isaac, Jamal Murray, James Wiseman. Imagine if they had Lamelo, Lamelo Ball, the Warriors. Kawhi Leonard didn't play one minute this season. John Wall and Zion Williamson. Imagine Zion Williamson right now. You'd be worried. Your sons, your your sons fan. You'd be worried. And Brandon Ingram is going to make them worried right now and C.J. McConnell. But imagine if they get Zion to even play one goddamn game. I mean, unbelievable, man. Just blows my mind. Blows my freaking mind. Yeah, I'm just like, wow. Wow. And Kofi Cockburn, Illinois center, declares for the draft. He averaged 21, 11 rebounds, 2.3 blocks. Only player to rank in the top 20 nationally. He was 11th in scoring, 8th in rebounding. First team All-American. So we'll see how he, I talked about Oscar Schwebe coming back. So he's the only wooden, the unanimous one since 2008 was was uh, Tyler Hansborough. And also Ralph Sampson came back after being a wooden award winner. And also $2 million could help that too. Austin, Texas, Moody Center, world-class, state-of-the-art venue, is going to host top concert tours, sporting events, and will be home for the Texas men and women's basketball team. Cost three to thirty-eight million, fifteen thousand seats. It replaces the Frank Irwin Center that was around for forty-five years. 
It was on. It was named in honor of the $130 million gift from the Moody Foundation, which is the largest gift the foundation has ever given to an organization and one of the largest gifts given to the University of Texas. So cool. And I saw some video of it. It is sweet. So we got that going on. And I saw that Jaime Jaquez of UCLA returning for next season. That's good. And Michael Savarino, grandson of Mike Krzyzewski, will use his final season of eligibility away from Cameron. He averaged 1.1 points in 11 games. He also was, he's the, the son of Debbie Krzyzewski, Savarino, the oldest daughter of Krzyzewski, and his wife, Mickey. She's an assistant athletic director at Duke. He was in the car with... Uh, uh, Bancaro, Banche, Ban, was it Bancaro? Banchero? With Paolo Banchero could be a top five pick when they got pulled over for driving drunk. He was he was a passenger. So Savarino was behind the wheel and Bancaro was in the back seat. And he'd, uh, so. I, I know, look, maybe I'll go play with, uh, at Bryant with uh, Doug Eddard. They can get some NIL deals together. Maybe. I mean, I don't think anybody's really looking. I love when I see this stuff. Like, is, is, so his, his, his grandfather left Duke, and now he's going to go play somewhere else? Okay. Good luck with that. Jarvis Landry was visiting the Saints. Brown's still in the mix. He's coming off a season where he career lows in receptions, TDs, and yards. 12 games, 52 catches, 570 yards, two touchdowns. They're comparing David Bell because from Purdue, who isn't as fast but makes catches, contested catches, like a Jarvis Landry. And I think you always need... Look, look all i got to tell you is, there's a guy named Steve Largent, who wasn't a very fast guy, and and was the leading receiver all time in NFL history at one point. That's how... Yeah, Steve Largent. So all these, you know, they, they don't run a fast 40. They they catch balls. And that's what you need guys who can catch balls. I don't need guys going out there that drop every goddamn pass, like the former... Who was the who was the who Jags just signed Jags Jags signings? Who was the guy they signed? Yeah, the the tight end. Yeah, Evan Ingram. Every I keep hearing about. Oh, he's so talented. You know, he's physically you know physical. The build all this guy dropped a lot of balls. Guys, whenever they need a big catch, he didn't make it. Oh, and I love Ben. Ben McAdoo is now. Working, he's offensive coordinator of the Panthers. He said on the readiness production, he talked about the quarterback class. He said, I'm a big swing for the fences guy. Just because you're the most ready player doesn't mean you're the best player. <coughs> and he doesn't view Carolina as a teardown situation. He said, I didn't come here to lose. Said he asked if he looks, if he's, you know, see, that Sam Donald's the starting quarterback. Said yes. And then he later said he put his foot in his mouth. That is something I shouldn't have said. Why not? You know, Temple backup, P.J. Walker. Ryan Switzer tried out for the team. He missed. He got, he got injured last season. He was out the whole entire season. But Sam Donald's not the answer. And maybe they're going to draft Malik Willis. Maybe they're going to go after the pick quarterback. I think Carolina, what's the NFL draft? I think they have the sixth pick in the draft. And I don't think anybody above them is NFL draft order. So you have... I think Carolina is picking six. Now, another uh, tip, Thibodeau out of Oregon, who they're, they're, they're concerned about his, you know, his drive uh, to play football and all that stuff. Let's talk about a guy a couple years ago. There's a quarterback for the Chargers, Herbert, 
who they said didn't have leadership skills. You know, didn't think at Oregon he had leadership skills. Well, all he does is ball. And I think someone's going to pass on Thibodeau. I'm, I'm sorry. I know Hutchinson's high up there. I'm concerned. Thibodeau has been a guy in the spotlight since since high school. And he went to Oregon because he thought there were more opportunities like NIL and deals to more exposure and more opportunities for exposure and growth and I guess well I get you're you're next to the head of Nike as opposed to Alabama but I mean that was his choice and he was a good college player he dominated games he wasn't you know they're also saying like a clowny who dominated college games he's been a good pro clowny but he hasn't been like he makes plays that no one else does sometimes but it's not consistent consistent three-time pro bowler but sometimes that stuff can come and bite you in the ass so we'll see how that works out long term but I'm interested to see. And I talked about that the the Carolina Panthers were no, notified of South Carolina City that the home for the NFL team's new $800 million headquarters that Rock Hill was put on hold last month after the city missed another payment toward a $225 million, the $225 million of promised infrastructure costs. So that's not happening. This is going to be further talks. They might sit down. David Tepper's real estate holding company has already invested more than $170 million in the project. The sticking point remains Rock Hill's reluctance to issue bonds that would cover the infrastructure cost. The city is required to use its reasonable best efforts to issue bonds. Always something, folks. Always something. And I talked about Debo Samuel, his brothers, saying that, you know, he wants to be traded. He's in the final year of a rookie deal. He's going to have a $4.9 million cap hit this season, which ranks 34th among NFL wide receivers. He might be something. They might they might, might have a trade on NFL draft. Could be some big trades. And Sean Payton said he's joining the media this year, but can't say where because he doesn't want to put his foot in his mouth. Probably a studio job. Thank you, Catherine Terrell. Now, just because these guys go into media, I don't look at Sean Payton as this... Like, listen, I keep everybody Madden. And John Madden was a beast. Was the greatest. The GOAT. I don't know if Sean Payton is a guy that's going to revel me with tales or something that I'm going to be... I, I, he just wasn't a real talker. I thought he was a kind of a quiet guy, intense, but I don't think it's going to translate. Also, Mel Kuyper can't attend because he's unvaccinated. He said... My COVID vaccination decision is very specific to my own personal medical history. Okay. Okay. So he will not be there. He'll be home in Baltimore. He will not be at the Pro Bowl. I mean, at the NFL draft. He'll be missed. I just find this kind of interesting that, you know, his medical his medical history pr- prevents him. I I talked, she said, hey, everybody, there are some people who can't get the vaccine. Okay, okay, I have to let it go. I have to let it go. And sources close to Baker Mayfield tell Tony Pauline that there's a scenario with the Browns are unable to move Mayfield in a trade, they can conceivably keep him in a round, keep around, because Deshaun Watts is getting suspended this season. I can't believe he's going to play the whole season. I know he didn't play last season, but he got paid pay all last season. I have a feeling he's going to get suspended a couple games. And it's going to be this year because they gave him a low base salary this year, the Browns. So it won't take a big hit. But I, I can see that happen. <clears throat> and they spent a lot of money this offseason. They spent $340.5 million in guaranteed money, the Browns. Almost $100 million more than any other team. The top four contracts account for a staggering $461.3 million in guarantees. 
You got the Sean Watson got two hundred thirty million guaranteed. Garrett got hundred million. Ward got seventy one point three, and Amari Cooper got sixty. I forgot about Amari Cooper. And also, you know, Makefield eighteen point nine million might stay on the books. They're tied for the ninth best odds, plus seventeen hundred to to win win the Lombardi Trophy. We shall see. But that's a lot of shekels, right? And Tuesday, the network announced that Chris Consworth will be joined by Mike Tirico in the booth for play-by-play. Melissa Stark will do Sunday Night Football. And I'm, Eminem's favorite guy is Al Michaels. And Al Michaels is going to do Thursday Night Football with, uh, with, what's his name, from ABC, former dump quarterback. Who's going to do Thursday Night Football? What the hell is his name? ABC College Football. What the hell is his name? I see his face. ABC College. I see Fowler and College Football announcers. You got you got Kirk Herbstreet. Ugh. Ugh. And Ajayi Hall. Ajayi Hall, who was disciplinary issue. You know, team rules he broke. Alabama let him go. He's going to go play at Bama. Four catches, 72 yards. Snoozeville. I mean, okay. Cool. Wish you the best of luck going forward on that front. And... Florida Panthers beat the Islanders 3-0. Igor Sorokin had a fantastic game. 39 saves. But Alexander Barkov, three goals. And Jonathan Huberdeau, three assists, called game in OT. Connected on all three goals. They are battling. The Florida Panthers are battling the Avalanche for the President's Trophy. How about the Mets? Let's talk about, let's talk about something good. Mets swept yesterday. The I watched the first game and... Bumble's agreed to be the right call. Yeah, there's... Okay, let's see. What are they saying about Zion Williamson? Yeah, well, they need Zion now. Yeah. They're talking about this team could be great. Well, imagine if Zion was playing right now. Yeah, yeah. But swept yesterday. There was a bad throw that Alonzo kept his toe on the base and negated a run that would have made a 5-4 in the extras, and the Mets ended up winning the bottom of the 10th. Lindor had the game-tying run in Game 1 and the game-winning run, so they won 5-4. And then Scherzer in the second game, seven innings of one run, three hits, one run ball, and he is 3-0 and on the season, which is seven hits, a run, three base on balls, and 10 Ks, 3-0 with a 250 ERA, and they're 9-3, and the Mets, best record in baseball. Give them props, man. I mean, come on, Jay, Bumbles, Scott, Treetop, you have to be excited about your Mets. They're getting the job done. They're getting good pitching. And then you have the Yankees. I was talking to Lanker. Lanker is away on a little trip at the Familia. Tied his career high with only faced, career low, five batters faced. Tied career high with, in two, that he said in 2018, five base on balls. 46 pitches in the second inning, 68 for the game. He had a 3-0 lead, left with the bases loaded, two out. They were up 3-2. They ended up winning. 1.2 innings, one and two-third innings pitched for him yesterday. One hit, two runs, five base balls, three Ks. Now it was 43 degrees, 19-mile-per-hour winds. But Scherzer threw in cold weather, and Scherzer's 3-0 this season. And you have, you have Cole this season, who is now three games started, 635 ERA, eight runs in 11.1 innings pitched. Nine hits, seven base on balls, three home runs, 12 Ks. Clark Schmidt got the win, and Chapman got his second second save. Gallo, 0 for 4, four strikeouts, 121 batting average. Yeah. 
Gallo's really, yeah, he's striking out all the time. So I was going to say, I said something about how the cold weather affected him and everything. You know what affected him more? Oh, now they say game four versus Boston on Monday, looming as a realistic target date for Ben Simmons' debut. Who cares? Is he going to really help the team? He's been out for so goddamn. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. But the Yankees, Garrett Cole, not getting the job done. Garrett Cole is having 635 ERA. I know it's cold out and everything. Lanker calls him a crybaby. There's something about He always looks pissed off. He's not getting the job. They're paying him a shitload of money. And he's supposed to be the ace. And he got a... He's, they said he... Oh, uh, I saw the Boone said he's been throwing better balls in yes, his last game against the Sox. Well, I didn't see it last night. I mean, I was watching the game. I was like, wow. I mean, he is pitching 635 ERA. I mean, he's not getting the job done. And then Max Scherzer. So let's give Mets props where props is due on that front. And the Mets starters have a 1.070 ERA over 10 games of the first 10 games. The best 10-game start since earn run became a stat in 1913. And, I th- and think about this. No Jacob DeGrom. Tyler McGill did not have a... Well, yesterday he got hit a little bit, but still. And Stanton Rizzo, Judge and Gallo, Davidson are all hitting below 260 for the Yankees. And they've combined for one more home run than C.J. Cron has for the Rockies while sitting at the bottom half of the league in slugging and top 10 in, in strikeouts. And they're saying, well, Cashman's power-heavy lineup continue to disappoint. Will the Yankees finally make a run at a World Series? No. No. Not with this pitching. Not with this hitting and pitching. And you need, you, need, you, need a, you, need a, you need an ace. And they don't have one right now. And Otani's hitting 216. Has an 0-2 record, 7.56 ERA on the mound. And proving that even, you know, listen, everybody has bad. And you got Mike Trout out right now. Since he is 2-10 to start the season, Joey Votto and Tommy Pham hitting a combined, combined batting average of 143. Reds pitching staff, team area of 585. Yeah, not good. And batting average against his 271. Yeah, that they might become instant sellers. Like the Texas Rangers, and even after spending significantly, the Rangers are two and eight because they might have spent too much on their infield and not enough on their pitch. Which is, of course, they have a league worst ERA of six twenty four, six point two four, and only trail the Reds in total runs allowed of sixty one through ten games. So you can spend all you want on your offense, but you need guys to get them out. Now the Yankees pitching has been better except for Garrett Cole, and they're not hitting anything. So something has to change. And Kyle Freeland, who they said is their best pitcher in Colorado, he's 0-2 with a 7.71 ERA. Last year, 7-8 with a 4.33 ERA. He got a five-year, $64.5 million contract. He keeps him with the Rockies through 2026. And C.J. Cron, six home runs, 14 RBIs. Rockies are 8-3. In his last 100 games, he's in 301 with 29 home runs. Yeah. And, and and this now I don't know if I would you know I know I know money you could do great things with the money I don't know if I'd be the first active player to sign an endorsement deal with a sports betting brand but Charlie Blackman signed with Maxim Bet USA that's not the one I think I would sign with I just think this whole gambling thing has gotten out of control and I know they're throwing money at these guys but it has gotten completely out of control it scares me how much is being thrown around it really does it really it's it, it's 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 horrifying but this is the world now. Bet on everything. 
And Howard Bryant said former World Series champion and baseball executive Dave Stewart leads Nashville's uh, expansion MLB. They're trying to get a team there, which would be the first minority-owned team in league history. The last MLB expansion teams were the Diamondbacks and Rays in 1998. So he's leading a first-of-its-kind initiative, diverse equity ownership initiative. So hopefully they'll get a team in Nashville. They want one. We shall see. And I know, uh, you know, I, and I, I, Dave Stewart, hell of a baseball player, came back from substance abuse, was a great, he had it. He had a mean streak to him. I love watching him. I love watching him pitch with the A's. Success story right there. And Padres became the first MLB franchise. They have a deal for ads on the uniforms. They'll Tuesday they'll have Motorola with the uniform patch, with the new CBA and a lot more. And Lanker goes, it is going to piss me off to see a Yankee uniform with a advertising patch. But I said overseas, man, it's been going on forever. I mean forever. I mean I remember I went to Edinburgh in '95. I have my Motorola shirt for the. Glasgow Rangers. It's been going on forever. Forever. It's it's here to stay. A lot of things are changing. I like the pitch clock, though. I like the pitch clock. I like that. You know? I mean, it's getting ridiculous. These guys take forever to swing the goddamn bat. And so listen to this quote. Cannot stand and sing the anthem. I cannot salute the flag. I know that I am a black man in a white world. Colin Kaepernick, Jackie Robinson. Thank you, Keith Boykin. Interesting, because everybody, th- you know, it's been going on for a long time, folks. And Colin Kaepernick, this is the thing. I mean, I think if he had played at a higher level, but his, he still t- should have got a shot. He should have been blackballed. But he really was not a great quarterback. But he still should have got a shot. But he, if he was a better player, we wouldn't even be talking about it. I mean, if AB, <coughs> Antonio Brown with <coughs> all the shit he does, if he was putting up good numbers, then it would be something else. Yeah, I agree. And. You have the Guardians are... Ramirez signed that new contract. What was it? Five years, $125 million. He's leading the majors in RBIs at 15 and his second in batting average at 457. He was named AL Player of the Week while rookie Seiya Suzuki of the Cubs won in the National League. And the A's lost last... I'm, Dodgers lost last night 3-1 to the Braves. They're 7-1 the last eight. And Freddie Freeman is leading the team with a 325 batting average. Jose Altuve, Monday the game Howe went to, he aggravated his hamstring strain, so he's going to miss some games. And Alamis Diaz is going to take his place in the lineup. He'll hit seventh. And rookie shortstop Jeremy Pena will hit leadoff for Altuve. They're finishing up a series against the Angels today. Day off Thursday. He could play against the Blue Jays when they come to town Friday, but we'll see if that's going to happen. And this is for Michigan. The uh, the dumps, women's basketball, women's golf, and fencing programs all placed on four years probation. They After the NCAA determined all three programs which are already served self-imposed postseason bans in 2020-21 committed NCAA, NCAA violations. Crazy, right? And how about this? So, Paris... Jeff Church here became the first athlete to win an Olympic marathon gold medal, New York City Marathon, and Boston Marathon. So congrats to her. Congrats to Paris for that one. And residents of Miami Gardens are trying to stop the Formula One race to take place outside Hard Rock Stadium in just a few weeks. Well, approved the multi-million, the city officials approved the multi-million dollar deal a year ago, hoping for an even bigger economic impact now it all may be in jeopardy, but we'll see. 
Tickets have been sold. The track is 95% complete. They said the noise ordinance, you know, it's too loud and everything. Come on. You got a lot of old people there. They're going to complain about that. And Simone Biles is launching, and Athleta is launching her first signature collection of activewear to celebrate the first year of her partnership. It's designed for girls ages 6 to 12. I love that. Make that money. Make that money, woman. You deserve it. You kicked ass, took names. And Russian and uh, Belarusian tennis players have been banned from competing at this year's Wimbledon. Daniel Medvedev won't be able to play at the tournament. Now, I don't know if... I know they're banning a lot of athletes, but, you know, this is a guy who's been playing in tennis a long time, and I feel like tennis players really work for themselves. I feel like the cancel culture is going a little hard on this. I, I, I don't have a problem with them playing in the tournament. You want to boom, whatever, but let them play. I, I, I think they should be able to play. I, I don't think the band should be in everybody else for by something Putin makes. I don't think I don't think everybody stands for what he stands for. I think they would never, that would never fly in the U.S. And John Daly II signed an endorsement deal with Hooters. He and his dad beat Tiger Woods and son Charlie by two strokes at the PNC Championship last December. Hooters and the Dailies, the Daily uh, family go hand in hand. Yeah, I talked to Schwebe's going back to UK. Lena Williams, yeah, okay, good, good for you, Lena Williams. And there's a new virtual reality. NFL Pro is being dis- being developed by Status Pro, and it's a virtual reality game where you become you can see it's its co-founder is Troy Jones and Andrew Hawkins, the former wide receiver in the NFL. And they said it's going to be a new era of gaming and the next step in the way people will consume sports. It's from a purely player's perspective. They, over the last two years, Status Pro first developed virtual reality technology for NFL teams to use in their facilities, then moved to creating a game for the general public. It's to help fans understand what it's actually like for quarterbacks to line of scrimmage and what they see when they take a snap. It will give players the chance to see if they could complete a pass they might have seen or criticized Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick, Patrick Williams make on television. In, the, in experience, you're able to play quarterback in an NFL game, Hawkins says, you're, you're able to make the decisions. All right. All right. That's kind of cool. I, I'm okay with that. And the Guardians placed three players on the injury list Wednesday for COVID. Uh, hitting, M, MLB's hitting leader, infielder Owen Miller's on that list. He's hitting 14 for 28 this season, seven doubles and two home runs. So COVID is going around. It's going strong. I'm wearing a mask where I'm going. Yeah, Kadarius Tony is not at the, and and Bradenberry's not, but he's going to go. That that's more of a. They're trying to trade him before the draft. And Neil O'Donnell, Pat O'Donnell, I'm sorry, Neil O'Donnell, Pat O'Donnell, the new Packers punter, is living in kicker Mason Crosby's basement. Crosby was a reason O'Donnell came here after a long career with the Bears. They didn't know each other well, but there was a mutual respect, and now we're like best friends. He also said new special team coach Ritz Basaccia, the former Raiders coach who got a bum deal, got led into the playoffs, was a major factor. He said one of the main driving factors of coming here was he said he can make me a better player. You want to have a coach who's open, receptive, and trying to get the best out of you every day. Totally agree on that front. Totally agree. Yeah. I saw this... uh, Teams with player to lead nation in sacks since 2009. Every year is a new team. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Every year has been a different team. No team has had two in a row. What a, pretty crazy. Yeah, and the Rangers, five games left in the season. They, they, 
Thursday, they're at the Islanders. Saturday, they're at the Bruins. Next Tuesday, they're hosting Hurricanes. They host the Canadians on Wednesday. And a week from Friday, last home game is against the Caps. So they have a chance to get up to 55 wins this season, which is awesome. Yeah, I, I, yeah. and Xavier McKinney for the Giants said it's not as uptight around the Giants this year because they got a good coach. That's a good thing. And so this rumor going on, Tom Brady was prepared to be named the minority over the Dolphins and probably possibly play for them before coming out of retirement. It's, it's, it's rumors, rumors. And Jerry West demands apology retraction over his betrayal I guess this winning time is pissing off a lot of people, him and Kareem, but it, it's it's not fiction. It's not it, it's not fact, it's fiction. Yeah. And Sean Payton said he shut down rumors that he planned to join Dolphins with Buccaneers quarterback. Yeah. I can see Brady doing something maybe next year. He doesn't have a long-term contract signed, but we'll see. And I love what Darius Slay said. Just been on my mind lately. The NFL is suspending Ridley for the whole year, but dudes out here beating up females are getting suspended six games. You got a point there, buddy. And I, oh my God, and I loved, I, as a, when I was in college, we had these posters. And Xavier McDaniel just joined, just joined, um, just joined Twitter. And I had this one, the X-Man Cometh. There were so many good posters back then. I love those posters. They were awesome. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Georgia got their rings. They're pretty nice. Georgia got some nice rings, man. A lot of money. Oh, and uh, Lynn gave me the picture. He said he got his, got his uh, residual, residual check for Bottle Rocket over 13 bucks. I did Stonebrook. I get like 10 cents. That's all I get. I get Bubkiss. Yeah, we shall see. Yeah, Raptors tonight. I think the Raptors have a chance against Philly at home. We'll see about Ben Simmons. Should we be coming back? Yeah, and Debo Samuel. He looked good in green. I don't think he's. I don't think they're going to trade him. But there's a chance they could. There's a chance they could. Okay, let's get to some trivia questions. I think I've talked more than enough today. Yeah. Oh, and I'm watching Dairy Girls. Very funny. There's, I got season three. It is really funny. And I ran today. Oh, and the hand got a. I just got to keep it wrapped, but it's got a clean. It's it's got to keep. Got to let the, the cuts, the bites heal. But overall, and I thank thank you, Sherry, for you know, reaching out. Everybody reaching out for me. Core for everybody and everybody else. I'm doing good. All right. And Pam Shriver said, what? Hall of Famer Pam Shriver said she had a... She said she was in an inappropriate, damaging relationship with a coach when she was 17. Yeah, I think this happens more often. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Kenny was her coach and her chaperone. Lasted for five years with Coach Don Candy. She said because it still goes on a lot. Yeah, it still goes on a shitload. All right, let's get the last show's trivia question. Chris Paul set an NBA record in the 2021-22 season. So he became the first player in NBA history to be part of four teams to set a franchise record for victories in a single season. In 2007-2008 season with the Hornets, he went 56-26. 
that was a Hornets uh, team record for uh, franchise record for wins. 2013-14 with the 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 Clippers led them to a 57 and 25 record. That was a franchise record. 2017-2018 with the Rockets, 65 and 17. That was a franchise record. And this year with the Suns, 64 and 18. That was it. So four different franchises he's led to a franchise record for victories in a single season. Never happened before with four teams. Okay, today's favorite question. Most goals scored by an NHL team in one period. What team scored the most goals in one period in NHL regular season history? Most goals scored in one period. Because I saw the other day that there was seven by the Blues in the second period. So I want to know who scored the most goals in one period in NHL history. All time. All right, I still love that. Start low and go slow. In New Jersey pot dispensaries. Open tomorrow. And I love this. Washington State transfer. F.A. Abagji has cut his list down to 23 teams. Are you kidding me? 23 teams from 35? 23? I mean, dude, what's the point? You got 35 teams on this list? I mean, honestly, I mean, that's not a list. That's everything. Yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever. All right, so I, I want to send my love to Michigan. My parents, my, my mom gave us a hell of a spread yesterday for from Passover, <laughs> for Pesach. Seeing Hal soon, we had a good talk yesterday. Bill, great talk yesterday. Harris, hope uh, and I sent my love to, uh, oh, and LG. I thought LG was coming to New York, but I guess she isn't. RK and uh, Rhonda. Yeah, and I saw Bear. That My parents' dog, Bear, is so awesome. So everybody have a great day. Peace out. I got to go. And Teddy. I spoke to Teddy yesterday. Teddy, it was great talking to you. Lynn, I'm glad everything went well at the doctor's. Thanks for the picture from Bottle Rocket. Everybody have a great day. Damien, have a great day. And uh, peace out. I got to go.